0: It's Shrove Tuesday, and if you're not in Britain, you might be wondering what Shrove Tuesday is. And even if you are British, you might be wondering why you're celebrating it. So today we're doing a small bonus episode all about Shrove Tuesday. So Shrove Tuesday is the day before Ash Wednesday, and Ash Wednesday is the start of Lent. And if you weren't raised within a society that observes these days, what I just said probably sounded like a lot of gibberish. So let's break this all down. So Lent is a period of Christian religious observance that generally lasts 40 days. And that period is most common in Catholicism and sects that closely align with Catholic tradition. As for why it's 40 days, well, the number 40 has a particular resonance within Abrahamic traditions, as many biblical events lasted 40 days or even 40 years. And the Bible even tends to divide things by 40. You know how J.J. Abrams puts the Fibonacci sequence in a lot of his projects? Well, 40 is kind of like that for the Bible. And in general, 40 becomes sort of a biblical shorthand for a very, very long time. So starting on Ash Wednesday, you're supposed to spend a long time, 40 days, undergoing a religious observance. And specifically, you're supposed to do penance. As observed, these penances, especially in the medieval period, could actually be quite harsh, even going so far as scourging the flesh. But most commonly, the penance takes another form. According to the Bible, Jesus spent 40 days fasting in the desert, and so many sects undergo a fast during this same period, though they don't do a full-blown fast. Instead, certain limited things are cut out, and these days, people tend to just cut out something specific. Red meat... Alcohol, candy, that sort of thing. So it's less like Jesus in the desert, and it's more like Karen at Jenny Craig. However, many traditions also counsel undertaking a spiritual fast. And chances are, a lot of the things that you like are sinful in the eyes of the church. So for this one, most people have a lot of options. And if you're still finding this a little bit confusing, try to think about it like a diet, but for sin. The idea here is to fast the sinful thing 40 days and spend a lot of time praying for the strength to maintain the fast, and then hopefully, by the end of the 40 days, you won't do that thing anymore. And that's why you end up with a lot of people saying odd things like, I'm giving up foul language for Lent, even though nowhere does Christ take a strong stance on cussing. Now, at the end of the 40 days of Lent, you have Holy Thursday but you don't actually end your penance until the following Sunday, which is Easter. It's only on Easter day when you're fully relieved of your duties and you can engage in the forbidden behaviors once again. And that's why, as soon as the kids go hunting for eggs, your Nana gets out a pitcher of mimosas and starts swearing like a sailor. So Lent is sort of like a spiritual diet meant to parallel the ascetic practices of Christ. And like all diets... The day before you start it is a bit of a doozy. And sure enough, in many cultures that observe Lent, that day before is wild. It has a bunch of names, Carnival, Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, but the basic premise is the same. It is a massive party. And some folk historians have argued that these celebrations find their true roots in the Roman holiday of Saturnalia. And it's easy to see why. Mardi Gras and Carnival cultures generally revolve around parades and street parties. You're gonna see floats, dancers, outrageous costumes, performances, music. Many times, especially in Carnival cultures, you see reversals of social norms. Authorities are ridiculed. Some costumes are intentionally mocking. Death is gleefully depicted. There are food fights. Things that are socially unacceptable suddenly are done in public. And all of this is generally done behind masks, which enable people to do what they want and to celebrate their own weirdness while also being safe from condemnation from the group. So, you know, Saturnalia. But Lent adds an extra layer to this because the revelers also take part in all the things they're likely gonna be giving up for the next 40 days. So, you have people eating steak for breakfast, then doing tequila shots for lunch, taking a break for a little f-ing, grabbing some beads, shotgunning a beer, washing it down with pulled pork, f-ing with their friends before doing a f-ing in the hallway, eating a fried something? What was that? Doesn't matter because you're already downing a whole one of those alcoholic pineapple grenade-looking things and eating a McRib while screaming, I'm gonna live forever, before f-ing blasting your way into oblivion, which, I'm sure is exactly what the church had in mind when it came up with Lent. But on the other hand, I'm sure there are plenty of people who wake up on Ash Wednesday and promise to never do that again and might even be thinking about going to a meeting. So that's Mardi Gras. It's a planned annual debauchery on the eve of Lent. That is, unless you live in the UK. While Britain does have a tradition of observing Lent, the British prepare for their penance by watching their neighbors don old-fashioned costumes and charge down the street while flipping pancakes and frying pans. So... where is Britain's Mardi Gras? Well, the clue is in the name. Mardi Gras means Fat Tuesday. It's literally a feasting celebration. But the Brits call it Shrove Tuesday. And the origin for that name comes from the Middle English word, shrive. And to be shriven means to go before a priest, confess your sins, be assigned your penance, and then finally get absolved. And Shrove Tuesday was the third day of a larger celebration called Shrove Tide. Sunday, Monday, and Shrove Tuesday are all the traditional Shrove Tide days. And Shrove Tide basically breaks down to the time of penance. And if you're a Brit, this might surprise you, because Shrovetide isn't observed as strictly as it was in the old days. In fact, many of the Brits listening were probably immediately thinking about the Royal Shrovetide football match in Derbyshire, which, to be fair, is a centuries-old tradition that is linked back at least to the 17th century, and the game itself that they play can be traced back to the reign of King Henry II in the 12th century. So it is old. But originally, Shrove Tide wasn't built around that. Instead, it was a three-day run-up of penance heading into the full 40 days of penance. So basically, Shrove Tuesday is the exact opposite of the Saturnalia-like festivals of Carnival and Mardi Gras. And when you realize that, suddenly it makes a lot of sense why the celebrations are so tame, even though they're from a country that has been famous for drunken debauchery since at least the early Middle Ages. I mean, let's be honest here. This is a culture where even the monks were having drunken orgies. So you would expect England to be leading the way. And yet, no. But that being said, just because you don't have the culture for wild parties of excess, doesn't mean that you're automatically gonna replace it with a bunch of people running down the street flipping pancakes. So how did that happen? Well, it all begins in the reign of King Henry VI in 1445. This is just 10 years before the country would be torn apart by the Wars of the Roses. But in 1445, none of that was known. And instead, on that particular Shrove Tuesday, which, as we said, is the last day of Shrove Tide, we're told that a housewife in only Buckinghamshire was making pancakes. Why pancakes? Well, here's the thing about Lent. Traditionally, you didn't get to pick what you were fasting. It isn't like these days. Instead, the church picked what you fasted. And there is a centuries-long tradition that banned the consumption of meat and animal products during Lent. So let's say Lent is coming, and in your pantry you've got milk, eggs, and butter. Well, you're not going to be allowed to eat them for the next 40 days, which means they're all going to spoil and go to waste. You have to use them now. And pancakes are a quick and easy way to do exactly that. So our heroic housewife was working like a fiend, trying to get all the pancakes made and ready to be eaten before Lent officially started, or else they'd have to be tossed out. And she must have been an incredibly focused and dedicated cook, because she completely lost track of time. And she didn't realize that it was time to go to church. Then, all of a sudden, she heard the church bells ringing in the service. Panic. I mean, she couldn't just skip the service. It was Shrove Tuesday. This was the last day of the pre-Lent penance triathlon. God knows what sort of hell she'd bring down upon herself if she didn't show up. So she legged it, running out the door and racing as fast as she could to the church, all while still carrying the frying pan and flipping the pancake to make sure it didn't burn. Because she wasn't going to waste a perfectly good pancake. And according to legend, This was the first pancake race. And to this day, all across the UK, but especially in England, there are pancake races on Shrove Tuesday. In an Olney, the site of the foundation of this celebration, a contest is held that's traditionally restricted to women and they almost wear a scarf and apron, then they run 415 yards and are required to toss the pancake the entire time. So there you have it. And that's why, while Santa Cruz, New Orleans, and Rio are slipping into bedazzled thongs and pouring up Sazeracs, the English are carefully measuring out their butter-to-flour ratios. But that being said, maybe it's for the best. I mean, can you imagine having a party like the Santa Cruz Carnival in Sheffield in February? I just checked in with the weather, and right now, it's snowing. Happy Pancake Day.